Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Okay, what's the, what's the oh, podcast yeah. about? That's cool. You're giving us a present. Look at this guy oh, came in with presents. No. So Can't talk about the podcast. It's a, it's a Devils fan, Rangers fan, Penguins fan, and Islanders fan, and we've all been friends for the last 10 years. Well, so, so that that's like Metro a Devils fan, Metro. a Rangers fan, and a Penguins fan walk into a bar. We have the answer to that joke now, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so thank you very much, and uh, again, I hope you guys all have a great holiday season. What's the name of the podcast again? Tell everybody. Friends and Rivals. I like it. Thanks for sharing. I have to check that out. Let's talk Devils and Islanders. Let's talk Penguins and Rangers. But let's not talk about Flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. All right, pitter-patter, let's get at her, boys. I'm your co-host, Tom Harkness. Another edition of the Friends and Rivals podcast coming at you. Joining you as always, I'm Stephen Wojtowicz. I'm Bill Fougere. I am Nick Larita. Oh my, we're, we're back to last names. So I'm very happy about this. Very happy. Oh, about this. All four that of us, a, yeah. That was, our best that, that was amazing. That was a stellar Move. intro, boys. So it, be, before we begin, uh, as, as I messaged you guys earlier today, I have a treat for you. The Rangers have been boasting this win against Toronto as they're kind of the one year ago today type of thing and my friend and yours sam rosen just oh boy just just take a listen boys good job by panera and matthews takes it back he's got a man in front safety or he had him as he robbed riley strong warner was all over him strong with the outlet to panera tyson barry is back two on one Oh, he it went in. I thought Anderson had it. <laughs> wait, wait. Brian Strom with a hat trick. His first NHL hat trick. Tony <laughs> D'Angelo, I think. <laughs> no, no. Tony D'Angelo got the goal, guys. I apologize if I got that one wrong. Rosas. <laughs> Wow, so I just wanted to give hammered. you boys a treat on that one. It sounded like Sam Rosen was absolutely hammered on that. So after fun. the after the Georgiev save, did he have anything right? I mean, Panarin p- carried the puck up. That was it. That was all. And he then got. he just everything else was made up. Every everything else was just a fabrication of what was happening. Well, you got to give him a little credit. They were probably doing this broadcast from a different building because of COVID, right? No, no, no. This was oh, regular season. This right. was a, one year ago. One year ago, right? The, the the boys over at uh, New York Rangers Twitter said, "You know what? Let's let's do the live TV broadcast instead of maybe putting the radio broadcast oh, yeah. over this one to to cover." The radio up guy Sam couldn't have fucked that up that bad, right? That, Sam Rosen makes John Sterling seem like he's just like on the fucking ball. I, I don't know how that works. Well, look, I I love Sam Rosen. He was you know he's he's been the guy that's been calling Ranger games for me since I've been watching. Um, so. But people got to know when to uh, maybe retire a little bit. I mean, look, Doc did it. I mean, how far apart in age are, are he and are he and Sam Rosen? That'd be pretty they're close. Probably, they're probably about the same age, right? And I, I I don't necessarily think Doc was was kind of losing it. Was I mean, was he? No, I think he was traveling back and forth from like Minnesota to wherever they were doing the broadcast, back home to Minnesota to wherever. So I think that just got too much for him. Right, where Sam goes to every single New York Ranger game, home, went away, and does what he needs to do. And I don't, I don't think he did any Fox football games this year. Did anybody hear him do any Fox football this year? 
No. Uh, I, no idea. I didn't either. So, um, and I, I watched Red Zone all year. Yeah. And I and I didn't say, hear him. That's all I did. Yeah. And I didn't hear him much at all, but um, I, I still love Sam. And uh, I can't wait for another year of Ranger hockey with him behind the microphone. Just figured I'd give you boys a little chuckle on that one. He just As got everything Edward, wrong. Would it, would it have made a difference, you think, if he was able to travel around with a doctor? Would that have helped him out? Right? See, now you're just trying <laughs> to be the intro. Now you're just trying to be the intro joke. I want it so bad. As to as to just letting it come naturally. No, you gotta force it. it. You, you can't force it. It's just gotta, gotta come natural. But yeah, congratulations to me for finishing third in my fantasy football league. Yeah, good job. Oh. I'm very happy about that. Thank you very much. What uh, are you gonna finished. spend your winnings on? Uh, I get nothing. I get absolutely shut, shut up. zero. I get it. first and second place got something. Um, I, I I tell you what did me in last week. I could have beat. I could have been in the championship game and would have won with the points if I started Leonard Fournette. I picked up Leonard Fournette to in to start him over Wayne Gallman, and I forgot to insert him in my lineup and I lost. So kudos to me, jackass. So well, it happens all the t- happens all the time in the pros where they pick up a guy and then just forget to put him on the lineup. <laughs> it's actually such a that's such a Mets move. I I don't know what else is. I, I like mean batting I, out of order oh the Mets did that yeah that, exactly. that was that was incredible that was about the best thing ever <laughs> so everybody have a good Christmas everybody get uh everybody get hockey stuff I hope I'm wearing I, a lot uh, of what I got oh not got, that our listeners I, can see what I'm uh, I'm wearing right now but it's just a Ranger t-shirt and a uh and a little 47 hat which is good oh Billy's got music what I got what, music, what music stuff. is it dream theater I got Heather Finley I got Neil Morris on the way because the U.S. Postal Service lost it for like four weeks, but good stuff. Billy, how much of this music do you have? Like, are you, is there is there more out there that you haven't collected at this point? Like, when you say you got more Neil Morris and Dream Theater, is there like new releases like every month? Like, it seems like they're coming out with way too much music. Well, not every month. I mean, Neil Neil has. Oh boy, blame Nick. He started this. Uh, and neil came out with like i guess three albums this year um and and then this live jesus cd that that was from 2018 a show from 2018 that they're finally putting out so the the dvd that i'm waiting for okay yeah so i I genuinely genuinely did not know and was like wondering like do you just buy are you buying like japanese rarities like you know some release they put out in like you know the record is like is green so you're like i gotta get that version of it or is it just like he's shitting out so much music that you're just like i have you know you can't do it but just buy it every every other month shitting i, mean, I was out. curious shitting it out Zachary. Wow. yeah i'm not into like collector's editions and stuff like that but uh yeah um yeah they, there's they're just they just put out a lot of uh, put out a lot of product okay that's good to so, know I, so I was counting, curious so counting crows Arch, you know, archives all of their shows online and you can sign up for a service where, you know, you pay a monthly, a yearly fee and you can get access to every show they've put on. Do any of your well, bands do that or do they uh, just release them via CD? I mean, uh, well, they put out, I mean, they, they put it out in every way. It's, it's funny because uh, Transatlantic is a band that one of the bands that Neil Morris is in and they just uh, released, you know, that they're going to put out a new album in February. And all of their fans were bitching about they didn't have the right version of physical copies. Like they were putting out like this special edition thing that 
where like you you can get like the blu-ray of the album but it came with vinyl and everybody was going but i don't need the the vinyl i just want the blu-ray and so people were like bitching about it. i'm like it's all going to be available electronically and like these fans are so into like the the precise phys, you know version of the physical copy that they want that they complain if they don't get it i thought that was hysterical but uh neil also has his own um uh streaming app so okay so he's got like because he's put out 42 albums now since 1995 like they're all on there then that's not even like with live versions and stuff that's like just like studio albums and he puts all of his live versions on there so there's like over 100 albums between him and a couple other guys in his band and is that like a one-time fee or you got to pay monthly it's monthly okay it's like that's that's really cool i mean that's really cool yeah are, are, are we done? Are we done? And thanks, Nick, for bringing up that wonderful topic. <laughs> music to Billy. That was that was really, really such a good idea. Uh, sorry, my my bands put out albums once every three to four years, so I'm always like, what the hell, another fucking Dream Theater? How, how many fucking times do these bands put out music? <laughs> and their albums are like two hours long. So I mean, you know, no, 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 that's just, just like, a song. That's just a song. I know, and I, I like long songs, but I'm always like, "What the fuck? I don't even want to listen to this. It's too long." But you know, no one's got time for that shit. So, Ain't no one so got time for this shit. Uh, week of review time. Uh, Nick, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off with the Icelanders? Well, a uh, whole lot of nothing going on um, this week. This is probably the last week we'll probably say that um, with the probably imminent Barzal signing. Um, it's got to happen very soon. Um, I don't know the exact day they have to sign by, but it's it's coming up, right? I don't know if you guys are have a day. Well, they haven't it's... released any. Nobody's put out rosters yet for for training camp, except for like Pittsburgh yeah. and Buffalo. Right. Well, it, it's everything's hinging on him. Um, the other news, I guess, out is so far from what hearing out of the uh, the, the beat writers and everything. As far as uh, Broussard, sounds like he's not coming back. Arizona. Um, he's going to go to Arizona replace. Uh, right step on there was some word um also that uh, they were in on um hoffman but didn't work out so maybe he was yeah. looking for a different team or more more money maybe. I, I know we, yeah. we were a little puzzled over that there was somebody who explained it on nhl radio a little bit better than i i and i could possibly ever do uh as to why he signed a pto as opposed to an actual contract with st louis mm. was that they have to wait until they submit their rosters in order to put people on ltir uh, so they can get the credit to go over the cap. So I think yep. there's like an a, a an agreement with with right. Hoffman that he's going to get signed to the one year deal. Uh, they're right. they're they're saying at what four four and a half for, yeah, for on a one year deal. Um, but if he has a good camp and someone you know the team offers him five, is he going to say you know go screw St. Louis? I'm going to Chicago for five. Uh, I don't think so. But you know it, maybe it was like. If it's a pure numbers decision, sure, why not? But you know, uh, it's just is it? It's not like oath blood or blood oath. Uh, you know, no, no, it's a gentleman's agreement, right? So, and and in, in hockey, you know, I feel like you, you're going to see most likely these guys are going to abide by those things. But anywho, um, so yeah, it uh, doesn't look like he's coming in to play. Broussard's on his way out or going somewhere else, obviously. Uh, so it sounds like more and more that we'll have to rely on the kids um, unless they decide to put, I guess, keep Komarov around to play up in the third line all year, full time. Uh, I feel like you're better off just really giving Wallstrom and 
maybe any one of the other kids, uh, Kovala or uh, potentially uh, tough list of my name at the moment. Um, but uh, anyway, point is kids are, are probably going to get a good chance to, to make to crack the lineup. And then, um, you know, I guess the last piece was in the juniors, world juniors, um, uh, on Team Sweden, uh, Simon Holmstrom's put up uh, four assists in, I think, was it three or four games um, they've played already. And uh, he's been playing okay. Uh, he had a nice, a nice uh, behind-the-back pass for a goal in the last game. Um, but, you know, it's I think uh, he, with only four assists, not all the primaries, I'm not really, you know, super – not super stoked about it. Like it's, it's, he's no juniors. I think he should be putting some goals, but right now he's kind of playing to the kind of where people kind of pegged him. We'll see how it goes. I'm not, uh, I was hoping he would do better. Uh, maybe have a couple goals, get, get higher in the points, but he's playing second line minutes, played some second, second power, power, second line power play minutes. Looking okay, looking solid, but you know, again, world juniors, like you want to be, if you're, if you have a good, good prospect on like a team like Sweden, Finland, Canada, um, you want those guys, you know, hopefully being top line guys, getting getting big minutes and uh, scoring a lot of points, because there's only so many guys from those teams that are going to make the make the initial rosters. The chances are he's probably not going to make a big impact for a while. I think he's got to cook a little bit longer. Hopefully he can really show something in the um, next couple of years. But he's he's not coming to the team next year for sure. So that's it. They they say anything about when they might release some uh, at least training camp rosters? I didn't see anything this morning. I was just watching Tenant right before this, so I wasn't really checking the Twitterverse or anything, seeing what's going on. But I doubt it. Um, it'll probably be released, um, you know, uh, probably in the next couple of days. I'd imagine. I don't think they would drop that in the middle, like you know. No, you got to think somewhere, maybe two to three days before camp opens. Hey, these are the guys who are we're we're, we're allowing to come into camp this year. Yeah. Steve, did devil have the devils? Not dropped? two days, not two days before, because I haven't seen anything. Right, they, they haven't they, released anything yet. They start what, the thirtieth or the thirtieth? Thirty first. Thirty first. Right. So you got two days until the devils report, but you actually had some activity this past week. We did. We had a, a very big signing this week. Blackwood signing a three-year, $8.4 million deal. So that takes away one of the RFAs that we were really nervous about. Um, interesting breakdown, 1.475 for this year, and then 2.8, and then 4.125. I guess they're taking into consideration the fact that uh, there's not going to be a lot of money sitting around in the next two years. Um, Dawson Mercer also inked his entry-level deal which was nice to see. We won't have to worry about that when the time comes for him to uh, turn pro, which would be after this season. He's, he's AHL eligible for next year, 21-22. So unlike Ty Smith, who got drafted and then had two more years of junior eligibility, Dawson Mercer got drafted one more year of eligibility, which is this season. If he has a, a really good world juniors and comes in and has a, shows a pretty decent camp, do you think they're going to have him stick around for, for, for uh, seven games? I don't see why not. OHL isn't even starting their season until the middle of February if they start at all. So why not right. give them some time? I, I, I would agree. The and only the only issue in preventing that from happening would be the limit on number of players in camp. Do you want to give him one of the 35 or 36 spots on the roster in camp for a player who might not be around or even be on the taxi squad as the season goes on? Would you? I would. I absolutely would because I've really enjoyed watching him play in the world juniors. I know he's playing against, you know, 
19 and 20 year olds, but or 18 and 19 year olds, but I still have enjoyed watching him, you know, get in the corners and win pucks. No, no question. Jesper Brat, anything, any movement on him? There is no movement. I haven't heard any word at all. As far as I know, he is actually even still overseas because he can't get the work visa until he signs a contract. Oh boy. He's got to sign the contract, get the visa stuff worked out, come over, get all the, uh, you know, pass all his COVID protocol. So there's no chance he's going to make the start of camp. Obviously he's, he won't even make the start of camp for when everybody else goes back to camp. Why can't he just use MasterCard or something? Why is he going to use Visa? No, nothing. So <laughs> I'm really nervous that he's not going to be even available for the beginning of the season. Obviously, he's not going to have a lot of practices to get in to you know, rebuild that chemistry that he had, especially with Heeshear. But I'm nervous that he's not even going to be able to be around for the start of the season. So that's a top six player right there out of the lineup. He played with Heeshear a lot last year? Yeah, that's him and Heeshear are, are, I think, you know, a set pair. When you think of maybe not doing lineups in lines of three. A lot of time they like to just put two together. And I think they're a pair that uh, would definitely be linked together. And then in, in sad news, PK Subban and Lindsey Vaughn have called off their engagement. Oh man. Oh. I know. I know. Wait, which sport's she going to time. next? Uh, well, you know, uh, Wayne Simmons. No, no. I mean, she's already done the hockey thing. She go, she's oh, she's going to a different sport. Yeah, I mean, she's Girl, got maybe she like goes football. more. Maybe she goes more mainstream, baseball and football. Yeah, I say Cam I would, Newton. You think Cam, Cam Newton? Newton? She, she would be working. She's working her way up the coast. Then she started in Florida and then in New Jersey, and now she's going up to uh, to Boston. I mean, you you can't go further than that, North. In terms of in, North in America, in terms of United States sports teams, probably not. Yeah, but that's uh, I, I, you think you think that's going to have a uh, a positive impact on pk that he can just focus on hockey now as opposed to anything else he's i hope so i don't think it really was much of a hindrance for him i think just being older and slower was more uh, an issue with him maybe it helps he's a big social media guy too he loves posting his workouts on social media so maybe he just steps away from all of that and just focuses well he was also the, he hosted that what that trivia show on the nhl network Right, that they did during the pandemic and stuff like that. So he's he's certainly been busy, off the ice for sure. So hopefully, uh, he gets busy on the ice next year. <laughs> I'm on fire tonight, by the way. Let me just tell you, Mastercard. Um, <laughs> I'm reliving that line. I love it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Penguins. Uh, I mean, Penguins Rangers. I I think was there anything that happened this week? Uh, no, I mean, well, they, the Penguins did release their uh, roster, their camp roster, but uh, I think did, but hang on that. to that until we get to training yeah. camps. Okie dokie. Uh, nothing for the Penguins. No, nothing, nothing for the Rangers. But I, I think we got to, you know, there, there's, there's been, re, you know, reports of a lot of people with illnesses that aren't, aren't coming back this year. One broke today with Jonathan Taves. Another one broke uh, last week with Henrik Lundqvist, and um, and now he's going for open heart surgery. Thoughts and prayers. So Thoughts I, and I, prayers. I yeah, I, I didn't think his issue was that bad. I just thought it would be something that with time, it would just kind of, you know, do what it needs to do. But valve replacement surgery, that's that's pretty major. Um, so he certainly did give his heart to the Rangers for, for all those years, for sure. And um, we wish nothing but uh, positive thoughts and, and prayers for, for, for our, our bud, Henrik Lundqvist. Our bud? Why did I say bud? Why am I so awkward? Um why did you say he gave his heart to the team when he's got to have well, open heart he, surgery? I mean, that's he literally that's gave bad. his heart. He <laughs> bled true blue 
and gave everything he could to the Rangers. And then signed with the Capitals, and now is going to have to retire. A well, Capitals. no. On the flip side of this, they didn't know that he had this heart condition that could have surgery. They wouldn't have to buy him out. They could have put him on LTIR, saved a couple bucks. That's the selfish side of this, right? There, because there is the man. I really, the, and above anything else, full recovery, no issues. I hope everything goes off without a hitch, and hopefully one day he does play again. I don't foresee that, but. Medical people didn't know this. Well, wasn't Ray Ramirez their head trainer? Um, Ray um, Ramirez, the former Mets head trainer, wasn't he? Uh, I have no idea, actually. I feel like there I think, I honestly think there was a link between the two organizations in terms of training staff at one point. Oh, that, that's, hor- that's horrible. Oh, my God. Are the Jets in there, too, by the way? No. <laughs> Hottest team in the NFL. I don't know why they're bringing them up. Just trying to. <laughs> Winning streak, boys. Winning streak. Woo. Look out. But we would save a lot of money against the cap um, this year if we were able to put him on LTIR and not necessarily buy him out. That's all you I'm know, saying. It, it'll work out. If it, well, put it this way. It's not as it work out, works out or anything, but I shouldn't say it that way. But, um, you know, if, if you can't play again, if it turn, they turned out after the surgery that the doctors tell him it's a no-go, you know, he'll sign up like a one day with the Rangers, retire with the Rangers. Yeah, I, and, I think so too. You know, I think so too. And the caps are, yeah. are you know, struggling right now. I mean, they signed Craig Anderson to a, um, to a professional tryout. So we'll see if he can back up Sam Sonoff. And, and you know what? I wasn't impressed with Sam Sonoff last year. I, th- I thought Hopi was far better, but calorie salary cap implications made, made Hopi go to Vancouver. But um, I, I didn't think Sam Sonoff was all that good. Washington has eight back-to-backs this season. So they're definitely going to need somebody reliable back there. I, I agree. I, I, I do agree with that. But I, you know what? I didn't think Lundqvist was the answer either. He's, he's, a, he's a good name, and he probably would have tried real hard, and maybe their goalie coach would have made some adjustments for him that, that could have helped him. But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, thought his, his, I really thought his time in the NHL was, was just about done last year. Yeah, and it, didn't, it, it was evident. It didn't seem like workload was necessarily the issue anymore. Like I, I, don't, I didn't necessarily think you were going to get a better goaltender if he had more rest. Um, I just I think, agree. you know, he, when he's got between the pipes, I, I just think his reflexes just weren't what they once were. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And everybody, everybody knew the book on Hank. Everybody knew the book and they exploited it every chance they got, but we, we still wish him the best and a full recovery, but they're going to be, they're going to be tough. Um, so I, you know, I'm not that afraid of Washington anymore with Sam Sonoff and net as the, as their primary goaltender. And we're going to get into the, um, into the NHL schedule. We might as well do that now. <clears throat> And, and look at the, um, the teams and the schedules that they have. And, you know, there, there's, you know, th- there's not really any easy games for anybody in the East that we have coming up. There's a stretch for the Rangers over a 10 uh, or 10 game period where they play Boston four times. They play the Flyers three times and they play the Capitals twice. So that 10 game stretch for them is brutal. Is brutal. I don't know. I mean, obviously the Devils, the Islanders, Penguins, you guys are all going to have to go through that too. But that's it's going to be a brutal stretch for for just about every team um, in the East. And there's no real easy games. And I mean, I just don't know. You know, minus Chara and and Krug off of Boston's back end, what? are they going to be the same team that they were last year? I mean, the Rangers were zero and three against Boston last year, and weren't really in the games. They were in, and I think one of them, but in the other two, it, they really got, they really got their doors blown off. Um, and they're not going to have Pasternak in the beginning of the year. They're not going to have Marchant in the beginning of the year. They got to a slow start. They're, they're kind of doomed. And Steve sent around that 
bullseye chart about percentage in playoffs. And I think they're what 61% uh, have an, have an opportunity at the beginning of the season to make the playoffs before we even start. And I don't know. I question that. I question that a great deal, especially in the beginning. If you get off to a slow start, it's going to be very, very difficult to recover in a shortened season like this. 69.4% actually. So almost damn near almost 70%. Pardon Where did you me? pull that from? That yeah, was, I don't think- uh, just some Twitter account. I mean, Nick, what are, what are your thoughts on, on, on the percentage for the Islanders on that chart, making the, uh, making the playoffs? Cause it was what? 40.3%, 40.8, 40. 40.8. Yeah. Uh, lowest, lowest in the, uh, in that, in the Northeast. No, no, no. Buffalo was lower, right? Oh, right. 36. Yeah. So second, lo- sorry, second lowest. Oof. So a lot of people pegged the Islanders to make the playoffs and probably be top three. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, the eight teams, right, in the in the in the, in the division, because it's only those eight teams can make four of the te- top right. Four of those teams make it. Four That's of the it. eight, mm-hmm. right. So I think from there you're looking at Boston and Philly were the, probably the two best teams, you know, going into the playoffs from that group last year. And then the Isles obviously outperformed. Um, I think mostly because uh, Adam Pellick's return it was huge. And, you know, you can look at the record before he was, he went down an injury and after he went down with injury and how much more we, we were, how much we sucked essentially um, having that missing that top, you know, any team misses, loses a top pairing defenseman. It's such a big hit. It was very big for the Isles. Um, so when he was, when the pandemic hit and everything shifted and he was able to come back super, amazingly from the Achilles uh, injury. So coming back from that was like timetable wasn't going to be done to know obviously this year, but Everything shifted. He was able to come back in time and played well, and they were a whole different team again. And so everyone came back at the same time. Boychuk was healthy, albeit for a short time, um, but nevertheless, all our all the pieces fit. They all worked, and we all, we did really well. I feel like if they're healthy, if everyone's healthy, there is a much better chance that they will be than the forty percent. I think that's strangely low, um, especially when the Devils at forty one percent. Uh, I don't know how they took this into account, right? Like, did they take this into account? The schedule was that um, was that a shot at Stephen the Devils, by the way? No, no, no because I agree with them completely. Devils, how could the Devils be higher than no, us? No, not that they're higher. It, it, listen, a point percentile difference isn't going to matter. Oh, it's I know. the point being that they're that that you're saying there's uh, the chances the Devils and Isles are basically the same. Which, if you watched either team last year, you'd be like, really? Um, considering the Isles aren't losing uh, too much. I mean, the defense is definitely taking a hit with um, Devin Taves and uh, obviously Boychuk, you know, losing Boychuk, but I feel like Boychuk's going to be less of an impact with Dobson. Um, I, hope I'm not, I hope I'm not wrong there. Um, oh, no, Devin Taves, 50% of your, of your top four D are, are gone. So maybe that's it. Correct. Maybe it's just lack, you know, and maybe that's more the yeah. subtractions than no additions. Maybe that's why they dropped. Right. Now Noah Noah Dobson's gonna have to step up and be a, a top four defenseman, and that is sort of not—it's not an addition, but it's you're promoting a guy that really did more minutes essentially, and he wasn't really in the top. He wasn't always, especially in the playoffs, he wasn't playing right. That's—it's—it's it's definitely a, a subtraction there, in my opinion. That's the biggest hit we take. But other than that, everything else is intact. So if you think of it as like okay, more of the system, you know, the top the because Boychuk and, and Taze are not the top two guys. Um, but I mean, but I guess also if you think about it that way, you know, any, any injuries could happen. 
they just they're going to be in trouble because they're they don't have as much depth in that position anymore. So I don't know. I feel like it's weird the way they put this. The Capitals is sixty nine percent, the highest in the whole division. Uh, I disagree with that a lot. I, I don't think I don't think the Caps I are. I think they're on the downward slope. They're they're. I don't know, man. They've had, they looked they looked aging and slow. I'm hoping that that's. I don't know. I'm not sure how they, that they're calculating this. Um, the Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is even 44%. Uh, yeah, but I, but I, them... I kind of, ag- I agree with the, the, the penguins there. I, I agree with where he has yeah. the penguins but and, and that's not a shot. That's not a shot. I mean, no, it's no, just, no. There, I, there's a 50, 50 that. chance that you're going to get a really good team from the penguins next year. You're going to get a really bad team from the penguins next year. So where I was originally going to go with this and I got sidetracked and off, off topic here was essentially you have four teams making it from this division. What are the four teams you think are going to make it? And if you go by what they're saying here in the percentages, it's looking like three teams are, are like they're saying are pretty much locks from the division, meaning the Bruins, the Caps, and the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. There you go. That's the third one. Uh, yeah, but, 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 <laughs> but I'm gonna, before you go any further, do you disagree with that, that? They're but the, by far the top, the, the three teams that are by far head and shoulders above the rest in the, in, in I the think, division? I think he's getting to the point he's going to make. That's three teams. So you're saying that basically the rest of the teams, there's five teams remaining for that one spot and that it's only the Rangers, Devils, Isles, Bruins left, right? Uh, Bruins, I say Bruins, no, uh, Sabres. Yeah. Sabres. So, you didn't say the Penguins. Uh, they don't exist. Um, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just, it seems like that's just, uh, it's way skewed too high. I, I don't think this is a good representation of what's going to happen. The Bruins, I think, the only team that really stick out in my mind is a team that's going to be above the others. I really do think that. I think that they're the only ones. I think Philly is way too inconsistent. Kara um, and, and, and Krug were the, were, were the top two defensemen last year, and they lost them. And they're not going to have their, two, their best offensive player and the most pain-in-the-ass player in the NHL. Who, where are they, they going to replace Pasternak's point production? Where are they going to replace Krug's production on the back end? And, well, I mean, I don't know what Chara did in plus-minus last year in defensive, but still his presence was still there. Um, so, yeah. missing, Chara, missing Chara is not going to hurt them that much. I mean, no, but it's also, it's also not, it's not a positive thing either, Bill. And then uh, Pasternak, I mean, do we know how long these guys are out for, Pasternak? And like, cause that's the thing. I, do you, I don't do know. Let's just, say, let's just say a month. It's impossible that, you know, it's it's so hard to put statistics around anything when there is no transparency in NHL injury situations. You just don't know how long anybody's out when they're coming back. I mean, I, is Sidney Crosby healthy? I mean, that's on my mind. Like, uh, I don't even know if he's healthy. Uh, he, he Obviously, something was wrong with him in those four games they played in the playoffs um, after he had been off for months and months. Is he okay now? I don't know. You know, there's so much that we don't know because – because there, nobody really knows the real situation with anybody's injuries. I, I, I agree. And, and you don't know what, what type of player that you're going to get. These, these guys are not used to coming to training camp in January. These guys, you know, this is, they should be mid season right now. This, that's what they're used to. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I really, this season, I think you can throw all the statistics out the window from last season and trying to conjure up who's going to be good, who's not going to be good, because you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know who's going to get injured. You don't know who's going to go up to slow starts. You, you just you don't know these things on this weird of a season. I think the sure. Boston hype is partly just due to the the, the goaltending duo. Halak and... and uh, Rask still, I assume. Halak and Rask. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good duo. So maybe a lot of their 
a lot of their hype is based on that. And I mean, Rask oh, oh, follow okay. it this time. Now I, I know there was a lot of debate on it. I, I, I see Boston and Philly fighting one and two, and then I got four teams fighting it out for the other two spots in the playoffs. I'm sure we're going to talk about this in the next coming weeks, mm-hmm. but yeah, I got but two. I, odds. You know, the flaw, the flyers. Uh, I mean, I mean, fuck the flyers, but they're going to be a good team next year, but they did lose Niskanen who was that minutes eating guy for them last year. It's hard to replace a guy like that, but they have heart and net. Who's probably, I don't know. Is he the best? Is he the best goaltender in the East? Carter well, he's Hart? one of the, he's one no of the eight way. best in the, in the Northeast. Yeah. No, Nick. No, I don't think he's the best in the East. Uh, okay. I think he's, so I think he's got, good, but uh, no. Okay. So you got Tuka Rask. You have, who the hell you got in, in Buffalo? Who, who the hell's goaltender for Buffalo? Anybody? Oh, shit. No, they have somebody. Yeah. Is, is Miller? Is Miller still there? No, he signed with, he just signed with Anaheim. <laughs> How the hell did he get a contract with Anaheim? I don't get that. You have oh, uh, maybe it's Tom Barrasso. Allmark. <laughs> Who? Linus Allmark. All yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Linus with the blanket. That's great. You got Blackwood. <laughs> you got um, the Joker's on the island. Yeah. So I, I find I I don't know personally. I, personally, I think you got first. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. If, if if Shosturkin plays like he was. If, if, he was ten and two in twelve games. If he plays like that, he's the best goalie in the Northeast Division. I, I, I if he does regain that stature, he and Hart are the one-two best pl- best goalies in the East or in in, in the East Division the, between these eight teams. But right now, I think it's Carter Hart is the best goalie in the East. Well, so if you say that, then then Blackwood's got to be right in that conversation because statistically, if you look at the two of them, their numbers are almost identical. Games played, you know, win-loss record may, be, might be different, but in terms of save percentage and and uh, goals against average and shutouts, a lot of their stats are almost identical. So then Blackwood's got to be right there in the conversation. Okay, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying no, but is Varlamov in in that conversation? Uh, I think so. Is is, uh, Bar- is Elaine Storkin? Is uh, is he in? Yeah. Is- Ilya, Ilya, Ilya. <laughs> they both the same. Name, Elaine, I- call him Elaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorkin's right. uh he's gonna be good. He's he he's played in professional in the professional level in Russia and was putting up crazy numbers in the KHL. Um so it's so show yeah. exactly. And so if you these guys my point is they haven't been playing at like you know NCAA level, not like the world juniors or no, they're know, playing professional leagues. Professional but you also level, and they were dominating. Look at so, Tristan Jari. He played in the NHL last year and yep. was damn good on the Penguins last year. Yes, he was. And he's got similar numbers to uh, Olmark in Buffalo, Backwood in, you know, on the Devils, obviously. You got Halak, who put up pretty good numbers uh, with Boston. Um, depending on their defense, they could that could be dropped a little bit. Halak's a good goalie. Um, the Isles have had good goalies. They've just let walk. But they've held out for this guy. And I'm telling you, Sorokin's going to be pretty good. I, I'd be shocked if he he didn't perform well. Isles are a pretty good goalie coach. Uh, every you know basically Grice and Leonard and Varlamov, all these guys have come in and just performed better. I'm I'm I have a hard I feel like those guys are going to be right in that conversation. Um, not because I'm not a fan, just because of what we've seen um, in the last few years. Also, are defensive minded, so there's a good chance they get better numbers just based on the system. How is Sorkin not on an on an entry level contract? Did he play in the NHL before? Uh, I mean, he's he 25 a, years old. I get all that, but how's he a, not on his entry level your deal? They, it's a weird thing. They, he had a Bernie year. He had to sign like a two year deal, 
So he burned a year. I forget the circumstances of it. I'll, I can look it up later. But basically, they signed for a two-year deal. Burns the first year, last year, at the end of the year, basically. It's like, it's like a throwaway. He was making good money in the K. It's not like he was making like shit. They had a um, he signed a two million dollar. Like, he's making two million dollars a year with the Islanders. Yeah, he was making more in the KHL, I believe. Well, I'm sure he was. Um, but you also you know, have Marlamov for three more years at five million dollars. Yeah, he's a guy that could get moved at some point. Um, I think. I, and then the whole reason they did that with with Varlamov was to get Sorokin is my is my understanding because they had Leonard and they should have signed him but I, I have a feeling the whole reason that they did the Varlamov thing was to get Sorokin here or Lou just had a fucking hard on for getting rid of Leonard maybe that was the reason I don't really know but it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time the only thing that made any sense was that they were Varlamov knew you know friends with Sorokin and you know speaks Russian. Get him. That's a way to get him over here, kind of thing, and they can look at him as like a side, you know, a lateral move over um, from Leonard. But I don't know, man. That was a head scratcher for me because I think Leonard's a is the better goalie of of uh, the three of those guys. But uh, he's not the youngest, so you know they're gonna go with uh, obviously the young kid at some point. There'll be one A, one B in the um, with the Islanders for sure. Do you, yeah, so but that, speaking that, of that problem off contract may be a little bit more difficult to trade than you think. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna uh, be thirty three years old by the end of the year, and if he has a subpar year, gonna be another tough contract on the Islanders, and they have too many of those right now. And everybody, oh. everybody in the NHL, almost everybody in the NHL is pretty comfortable with their goaltending position right now. So it's it's hard to move contracts out of that position. It's hard to move goalies. I feel goalies are always. Well, you had a lot of movement in this offseason, right? You saw Hopi, you saw a lot of other other goaltenders change addresses. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I guess I'm trying to think of like I'm thinking of I guess the higher con bigger contracts that have been harder to move and the buyouts and you know, but nevertheless, it's there's always goalies. There's, they're always out there. It's harder to move them because the higher, you gotta you have to have a need for them. If there's either a market of like everyone's injured and you need a goalie or everyone's got three goalies and they don't care. They don't need them. Uh, it's not like uh, you need more and more forwards or defense, right? Like everyone needs defense. They're going to take, especially the playoffs, they're going to ramp up. You don't see teams going to get their fourth goalie. You might see them pick up a, a 1B goalie um, because they feel like they need that to spell the, the current one. But I don't know. It's just, I think it's, it depends on the market. But look, um, it's also an interesting, a very interesting topic about who the, who the best goaltender is in the East. I, I, I didn't really think we were going to get into that, but I really think it's a really good debate and discussion about so, who is. If I can get back to my original point, I think Boston and Philly are fighting it out for one and two. And I think you've got four teams fighting it out for the other two playoff spots, right? You got yep. Washington, New York, Pittsburgh, and then the Rangers. So Islanders, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Washington, fighting it out for two spots. I don't think you're, Buffalo. You're giving the Devils or the I don't Buffalo think Buffalo or New chance. Jersey are going to come into the conversation when this when it's you know the last three weeks of the season. They're going to play spoiler for somebody. Well, look, I I, I, I said the, the Rangers have a really tough stretch in the in the in the beginning of February in or um in the beginning of February they played ten straight games against Boston, Philly, Washington, and it's it's a brutal stretch. But everybody's but got the same also, schedule. But everybody has the same schedule in this division. Everybody has the everybody same has schedule, the but the makeup, schedule. but the makeup is not the same. So in the in the Devils Foxwood final fifteen games, they don't play Buffalo once. Are we sponsored by Foxwoods now? Well, no, Foxwood. Whenever something ends in a five, it's always sponsored by Foxwood. On the pod, really? On our podcast? Everybody in everything in life. Oh, I, I <laughs> especially well, I know now. it's okay. got. Actually, I take that back. It's got to be the final, and then the number has to end in five. So it's the Foxwood final fifteen. Well, thank Christ we clarified that. 
All right. I guess I'm opening the show this week. Pittsburgh, the Rangers four times in a row. Yeah. Philly, Pittsburgh two times in a row. The Islanders, Philly, uh, Philly two times in a row again. Boston two times. Islanders two times. That's, a, that's a tough stretch of 15 games right stretch. there. I, I gotta, if, you, if, you, go ahead, Billy. if you're looking I, at the Penguins, Billy, where, what are your breathers? What was the game going? Uh, we might have a chance to win this one. I, I really don't know with, with that team. I mean, I, you know, when we, when we go into the season, I, I think Steve's right. I, I think the perception will be that, that the weaker teams will probably be Buffalo and New Jersey uh, when the end comes. But every team in this division has question marks. There's nobody who's like, hey, this, this team's a powerhouse. They're going to kill. You know, uh, everybody has question marks. So, so who really knows who, those, who the breather games are going to be? Like everything recalibrates when you close off the rest of the league and you're only playing within your division. You've only got seven opponents. Somebody's going to be on the top and somebody's going to be on the bottom. And, and the perception is going to be that somebody sucks and somebody's great. But how great or shitty are they really? We, we won't even know until they get out, you know, until they get out and, and start the playoffs against uh, teams outside of the division, the, those, those teams that make it. And but maybe that's why we all, too. and maybe that's why we all perceive it as the toughest division in hockey, not because it's got the best teams, but it's got all teams that are basically in the same area. So they might not all be top teams, but they're definitely in that same grouping of teams. Yeah, I'd say Buffalo is on the up and coming. I wouldn't be surprised to see them actually, you know, be fighting for that fourth spot at the end. I think they're they got as good chances as anybody. We're all playing the same teams every single game. I don't think it matters much on like who your last fifteen opponents are because I was looking at it. And I'm like, it's all the same damn teams. It's all the same hard teams. Like, who is an easy play here? There's nobody. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think, but I think when the the final ten games come and everybody's battling for position, and you see your team's got a Buffalo or New Jersey on the schedule, you're a lot happier than seeing a Boston or a Philly. Well, right? the, that was the kind of point I was trying to make. There is yeah, you see makes, you see Buffalo on on your on your schedule. You're upcoming. You're like. Oh, finally a breather. Rangers went one and one against Buffalo last year. They went zero and three against the uh, against the Bruins. They went zero and three against the Flyers. Can you believe they only played the Penguins one time before everything stopped in mid March? They played the Flyers one time, or the Penguins. Sorry, they played the Penguins one time. Yeah, because they, they wanted Don't those. Confuse those. Fuck the Flyers. Yes, yeah, fuck the Flyers is right. Because yeah. those games usually happen on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoons, and they got to wait till the NFL season's over before they start playing them. Yeah, but they they played the Devils four times and the Islanders four times by mid March. There was no games against them when when it came down the stretch. But they're not an, national was... draws, so they saved the national draw games. No. for the, the Sunday afternoon. And how? Well, I th- I think you I think you saw it coming that the Devils have no national NBC games this year. Uh, shocks no one. <laughs> no. And, and you know, surprisingly, the Islanders have two. Two. That's that's not surprising. We get you know how many, shut, you, we get Do you know how many the Red Wings guns. have? Do you know how many the Detroit Red Wings have? Three. The Red Wings have three. It's embarrassing. They Oh, but, it's, it's, the, it's the same six, eight teams the all six. the time. But even... Even even worse to me though is that there's no the mar- they're not even marquee mashups with the Isles. It's if it was like Isles Rangers, it'd be no, I'd but say, it, okay, it wasn't. Take- it was I think it was Isles Penguins and Isles yeah, Buffalo. I Buffalo. think it was the one. Right, right Islanders Buffalo. I laughed so hard when I saw that. I was like, are you kidding me? Of all the, the games you choose, there, there's literally no animosity between the two teams. You could have picked <laughs> almost zero. any other team. Wednesday night rivalry. Put a Ranger Islander game on there. Put a Ranger Devil game on there. Well, That's when you talk. Exactly. Even even as bad as they are, put a put a Blackhawks Red Wings game on there. I mean, those are rivals. Those are rivals. 
you know, put, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very happy that the first NHL game this season is actually going to be a rivalry game between the Flyers and the Penguins. 5.30 p.m. though? I understand they want a triple header and everybody wow. wants hockey. I'm going to start at 5.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. That game? And that's, and that's the thing, that like, game? It's like, if it's a casual game, like you're like, okay, I'm not going to watch hockey tonight because nothing good. And then you see with the, with the prime game, it's like, oh, maybe it's like exactly what we're talking about. Maybe it's a, a rivalry game. You're like, ooh, that would be actually a good game to watch. And you'd watch it because it's a rivalry game. If it's not, though, if it's just some rando two teams, you know, you're like, I don't have any, even though I don't watch these teams, I wouldn't watch them. I don't even care about the, the, the narrative of this game. Like that happens all the time with lots of sports, you know, you have all sorts of little narratives that in, you'll get people to watch the game to care about it. I, that, that, they don't do that in hockey at all. And there's just, they, they have to build those rivalries. I, I don't, I know it may not, you know, and it's funny because like in hockey, you have, you know, teams fight each other. The only sport we're allowed to beat the shit out of each other, you know, when you're pissed off. So, I mean, you don't get suspended for that. And they should be able to pump that up. I mean, you know, but they don't want to obviously endorse fighting or any kind of malarkey, but, you know, whatever. I, I, to me, Watch your language like with that malarkey. The only, <laughs> the only advantage that uh, hockey has in, in a lot of ways is, is the ability to have teams get that nasty with each other. You know, Not that I want to get into do. scheduling, but it always struck me as odd to have an exciting matchup in the beginning of the season. People are going to watch the beginning of the season no matter what. You're yeah. excited for the sport to be back the first five to ten games. I would have during a regular see. season. It's that January, February, early March where you really need to generate the storyline to generate to, to get the interest in the in the viewer. No, I I, I don't disagree with that, but putting. Putting Penguins Flyers on a 5:30 in the afternoon as first as a first game uh, to me that that's a that's a prime time matchup to me. Why doesn't it work? You gonna are you gonna be watching? I would I would watch that game if anybody was playing right. anybody. Just to your point, if it was Buffalo New Jersey at 5:30 p.m. in the afternoon, I'd watch that game. Ugh, but really? you know, I I know that and and I don't think NBC is stupid enough to do something like that. But yeah, Buffalo cheese. More, more Buffalo on a five. Um, <laughs> but Flyers, but Flyers Penguins. That's that's a Wednesday night rivalry game. That's a that's a prime well, time game. In, to in be my fair, opinion. also that they're that playing eight times. Gonna, the five thirty right? game is going to be watched regardless. They're and they're going to be playing eight times. You got to have yeah, them at and some. I, point. And I do think one of the. No, and, and I do think one of those games is, is actually a Wednesday night rivalry game. I think uh, I know the Rangers and Flyers have. I think are on national TV twice. Is this the um, first is, night for the Sunday night hockey thing? Fuck the Flyers. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make it a thing. Interesting, so when interesting ESPN twist. signs the next year, they'll have a Sunday night game already established. Yeah, interesting twist. Because I would be more apt to tune into the game Sunday, Sunday night Sunday than night Sunday game. afternoon. They had an un- well, they had a, like an like a, uh, an unofficial Sunday night game. No, yeah, but this the, is like uh, a, after a, a national broadcast Sunday ended, night right? game. No, I, I, I love it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all in for sure. But when ESPN gets them next year, are they going to have a Sunday night hockey game next year? I don't think so. In February and March, they will. So. What else do they broadcast on Sunday nights in February well, and March? Yes, you have to college basketball. Okay. Not Sunday nights. Well, they, they college, college doesn't play Sundays on, because well, of the Lord. College basketball on the weekends. Yeah. What? College doesn't play on Sunday because of the Lord. Fuck you. So the devil should play on every Sunday? I don't know. <laughs> Where are you going with this? No, I, I, I think he, he was making a joke. I was making a joke insinuating that they were Chick-fil-A. I don't, I'm cutting, I don't know. I'm cutting, I'm cutting that <laughs> out. Don't worry. No, <laughs> not, not that, please. That no, absolutely yeah, not. That gets left in there. You can't eat Chick-fil-A and, uh, you know, go shop Hobby Lobby <laughs> while watching, uh, you know, college basketball, college basketball on Sunday. 
definitely not down here. Well, is there, I, I mean, I, th- I think Steve and I have griped about our team's schedule um, this year and, and our tough spots that we're looking at. But like we said, there's tough games littered on our schedules. Is there any stretches, uh, Billy, Nick, that you see your teams are like, fuck? You know, not not really. Uh, just because uh, the 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 nature of the schedule is it's balanced for for all. So what what is a tough stretch? I, you know, what's I, I don't even know what the point is of of trying to figure games out where you're not playing Buffalo or New Jersey. Apparently, that's a it tough. All, that's a non tough stretch. What I thought was interesting is is you know the the back the number of back to backs. Uh, the Penguins uh, only have six back to backs, which uh, usually they they're they've got 15, 16, 17 sets of back to backs. In a season, and you know, obviously, yes, it's a shorter season. But even even if you even if you're prorating it, this is a low number of back-to-backs for them, which I thought was kind of interesting. They're they're always going back-to-back, and they only go back-to-back twice where their opponent did not play the night before. Um, so I I think uh, that that's kind of a welcome break for the Penguins to not be the the tired team on the ice in those back-to-back situations so many times. That's my only observation on their on their schedule. Other than that, you know, they're they're all going to play the same teams, and and it all evens out. Yeah, Rangers yeah. have six back-to-backs. So same, just to, as, just as to continue that, New Jersey's got seven. The Islanders have eight. The team with the most, San Jose, 12 back-to-back games. 12. Do, is, there, is there a higher number uh, no, out that, west? Like yeah, in, the, 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 western, the western teams were the higher numbers. You know, the, the yeah, 9, 10, less, 11, right? 12, they were all the western teams. Yeah, I would assume all, travel aspect too, Nick. Uh, honestly, I feel like that's a huge advantage uh, for the East in a lot of ways, right? A lot, a lot less travel. I mean, 24 games, that's more I than mean, a third of your schedule. So that, that's going to help. I mean, we have eight back-to-backs, as you mentioned. Only, it looks like one of those is two different teams. I think they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same, except for we have a Washington and Philly one in April, late April. But uh, Isles are really good, have been really good in the back-to-backs. On the, on the second games, they've been 17-2-2 two two under trots on the second games of back-to-backs. So that's pretty good. I'm sorry, back yeah, on the second night. Yeah, yeah, I read it right. <laughs> so pretty good. Uh, I don't know how it's going to translate to this year. Everything's just so different. I, I, and I feel like our teams are just going to beat the shit out of each other. And they're going to know each other too well. I think you're going to have a lot of – I think I talked about this last week. I think there's going to be a lot of rivalries born because of so many tight – you have so many games back-to-back with the, with the same team night after night. And then you, what do you see? I'm sure there's situations where you see the same team – three or four times in a, in a two or three week span for a number of, of teams, I'm sure throughout the whole season. So that's just going to potentially just create bad blood and it'll be good for the league, you know, seeing teams get nasty, each other getting pissed off because to see each other every night. So it'll be interesting to see. No, I, I, I certainly agree. And with, um, with training camps about to open um, Billy, the, your, your team's the only one with the roster that's posted um, any surprises in there? Surprises? I, I, no, I wouldn't say surprises as to anybody that is is there or is left out. I, I think, uh, you know, I actually, before our show last week, I, I, I kind of thought they'd bring back Connor uh, Sherry or Sherry or however the hell you say his last name. It, it changes every day. You signed but, Washington, uh, right? Signed Washington? Yeah, he ended up in, in Washington. So, I mean, I think that was the only kind of roster surprise. Uh, you know, everybody that leaves Pittsburgh ends up in Washington at some point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, there's, it's, it's a good mix of, you know, you know there, there's, there's the guys that I think they're expecting to obviously make the roster. I think the the real interesting part is, is going to be how they fill out the, the third and the fourth line for the Penguins. Uh, and I, and I think, 
obviously that that's going to be uh, addressed. The, the biggest thing that they address in, in the training camp is, is where those pieces fall into place. But then they've got some guys that, that are, that are going to be there who are young, younger prospects or have been in the organization. While I, I think it's kind of clear that they're, they're not really going to be part of the taxi squad and they're not going to be part of the roster, but you know, it, it'll, it'll be a nice chance for them to get their feet wet with it. Um, see if, if, if they could wow anybody and, and, and maybe move themselves into a position to be on the, on the, even the taxi, uh, taxi squad or anything like that. So it, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. And boy, like I was saying, you know, before, what a shame that they're not going to have any preseason games so that they could kind of sort a lot of this stuff out. Uh, I, I think that's, I think that's a pity. I think you said that last week, right? That you yeah. were upset. There was no preseason games. I think most of us, except for Tom, were really lamenting not having the preseason. Yeah. I didn't, I'm pretty sure I said, I don't care about preseason. Oh, fuck Nick. Come on, go with the joke, man. No. Follow along. Understand what he's doing. We Shut up. three of us. Yes, the three of us did not care about preseason. Tom did. Uh, you guys are idiots. <laughs> take, yeah, that. Take-, take that. Take <laughs> that. So I, I tried to put together a, a a roster for the Rangers. I got 41 players, 23 forwards, 13 defensemen, and five goalies. So uh, no real big surprises. I'm just really looking forward to to seeing. Uh, Lafreniere, I'm looking looking forward to seeing what Keandre Miller does and uh, Tarmo, Tar, Tarmo Runinen. It's going to be a really tough name for me to pronounce all year. Um, the Finnish defenseman coming over, I uh, really want to see what he does. There's a lot of hype with him and Morgan Barron. Um, there, there's a lot of a lot of talk that he can he can step in and, and fill a role with the Rangers. Um, so those are you know four players I'm really excited to see. There's not really you know any surprises on my list. I don't think I'm very far off from what the what the Rangers are going to post on their on their roster. Been watching a lot of the Brett Berard kid playing for Team USA. Boy, oh boy, fifth round pick. Holy Jesus! Holy jumping! Uh, you would... don't even have to. Wa- you don't even really have to keep a special eye on him. He's always where the action is for some reason, huh? And, and in the game today, every single one of the Czech players at one point in time wanted to beat the shit out of him. I loved it. His four check game is great. Uh, and he's just, man, he's just a type of type of grinder and he's got a ton of speed. He's a, he's a wet dream for any general manager and coach for sure. Not to get off on a sidebar right now, but have you noticed that this world juniors championships is much more chippy than in years past? Um, I, I do. I do, but I also see a lot more blowouts than I've seen in the past. And do you think that that's leading to the chippy play? Uh, oh, oh yeah. Big time. Big time. A lot of a lot of shots after the whistle during that USA check game today. Uh, Turcotte got hit behind the net real hard, and then he came back, and then he got hit two or three more times after that. Um, and and again, Berard was running around. He had everybody chasing him at one point in time, and he had he drew a couple penalties. So like, they, I can only hope that he comes out of this and and signs his entry level deal and and finds a way onto the roster. But I think they're going to be patient for sure. But. Um, He's certainly opened a lot of people's eyes, that kid, and uh, look forward to having him on, having him around. Steve, you're uh, that was real close to to coming to camp. Surprises, uh, you know, you, you you figure how many Devils are in the playing the World Juniors that are going to be invited to camp? At most, I think only two. I could see Dawson Mercer and yep. Patrick Moynihan getting the invite. You don't think Holtz, like a Holtz or uh, the, is- the center for the 76ers? Holtz and, and Mukamadoulin are both locked into the contracts that they have overseas. I don't think they can get out of them to come play 
with the with the Devils. Not even for just in just for just for camp. No, I don't. I back don't over. think their I don't think their teams would would like that. I don't think yeah, their no, teams I, would I, approve I can, that. Yeah, I, I guess so. But last game of the World Juniors is what the seventh? Fifth is the fifth? Yeah. Okay. All right, then that 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 that, that, that throws everything up. I was going to give them a week. That gives them about a week in camp with those two players um, to get. See, that's where an exhibition game would have been helpful. Sure. Anyway, um, just anyway. To, add to that though, they've got a lot of players that are still overseas that haven't been brought back. Uh, Zutterland and uh, Sharon Govich are just, and you know, obviously and Brett. So that's opening up more spots in that you know 36 skater availability for guys that are going to play in in, uh, in Binghamton eventually. Eventually is right. So why why aren't those guys here? Do they are they still under contract with their teams, or is that something that? Um, they just couldn't get a, a MasterCard visa to work over here. I haven't read anything about it in terms of why they haven't come back yet. I know Sharon Govich is off to a very hot start over in the KHL, and he was playing really well in Albany last year. He was definitely a taxi squad potential player this year. I don't know why he's not back yet, and I haven't read anything as to why why he's not back yet, hmm. whether they just wanted to let him enjoy you know, his solid play over there, hoping that it would help him build some confidence in his game to then transition into the NHL when the time comes. But now is that time. Bring him back. Let's get him ready. Get him, you know, training camp is three days away. Let's go. Nick Islanders. So I don't think there's a lot of surprises uh, on the Islanders roster. Top two lines are pretty forwards. Forwards are pretty much locked in. You got top line of Lee, Barzal, Everly. Second line's probably going to be Bavillier, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey. Fourth line, best fourth line in hockey. Matt Martin, Kisizikas, Caleb Clutterbuck. And third line anchor and center is uh, Pajo. So that leaves really two wingers, that spots that could realistically be op- open. The rest of the spots are pretty much, they're not, those aren't changing much. I think Oliver Wallstrom has a really good chance to make the team. If he doesn't look good, could be another guy stepping up um, to take that spot. I think the well, other side of the of that line will probably be Komarov. He's just he's a he's a favorite of of the you know uh, Trots and Lou and I, I I get a feeling he's gonna stick on the team. I don't really like seeing Komarov out there to be honest. I was there's certain players I don't like watching on on certain lines and he's not he can't play the fourth line because well he can't play the fourth line for our team if we have a, a basically a, a whole bunch of guys that we put on the fourth line every single night same same lineup and. Uh, so basically, it's sort of like he has to play third line duties, and I just don't like the way to see him out like there. Like you said, once Lou gets a hard on for a player, yeah, their their career is set. He's going to bring them wherever he goes. He's going to yeah. want them in the lineup, even if He's, everybody exactly. else sees something different. Personally, and and with Trots and, and with this, this group, I don't think they're going to put two rookies. Uh, on the uh, on the team, I think they have to put one of the rookies on there, though. The worst case scenario is you put Dal Cole out there with Komarov, um, with Peugeot, and then I I want to shoot myself because I hate I hate seeing the two of them out there, let alone together. So anyway, uh, I hope Wallstrom makes the team. I, I'm my my real hope would be that he actually looks real good and they push him up to the second line and you push uh, Bailey down to the third line and have a. I, I really want to see Bailey and Peugeot together. I think those two would be a nasty one-two and, and give all four of our lines a real a real nice look. Give them all some, some different weapons. But uh, defense, uh, Noah Dobson's taking the spot that on the right side full-time this time. And uh, left side's probably going to be Andy Green as the, 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 as the other parent or the other guy. Green but, hasn't, but hasn't signed yet, right? Still, right. No, he's, Matt, he's Matt Martin he's hasn't officially signed. signed either, right? 
Martin and Green are going to sign. They're just they're waiting on the Barzal contract to be done to officially sign. Same with uh, Corey Schneider is the other that's the third guy on that list of fourth guy, I guess. So realistically, those are not going to be too much. We didn't talk. I don't know if you guys talk about taxi squads much, but no. Um, but you, I mean, you bring up a really good point, though. I mean, Varlamov, Zorkin, one that those are your two yeah. goalies, right? Yep. How does Schneider is your taxi squad goalie? I, don't, I just Correct. don't. I mean, why waste yeah. the money on a guy like that? It's going to be a million I mean, they're, bucks. They're, they're, they're wasting a million bucks when they could bring, I don't know, that entry-level contract on for $764,000. They could bring him and let him yeah. be the taxi squad goalie and save and save a little bit of cap space so they can pay Martin or they can pay Green or bring someone in a professional tryout that might help them. Uh, he might, and maybe they don't go with Schneider. I don't know. But it uh, seems like he's a Malou guy. And it just seems like that's going to be the case. Yeah, um, I, I get it. And then – yeah, I mean, you got uh, – they, they trade the kid, Timoshov. Um, he might be on the taxi squad. You got Andrew Ladd. Another player who's still a restricted free agency hasn't signed yet. Could so still – That uh, Timoshov guy hasn't signed. Still. They didn't trade for him not to be signed. I mean, that'd be, be no, weird. I hear you, but you got you got but, $10 million in cap space, Nick. And no, I get it. Barzell is going to take up seven-eighths of that. And Essentially. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what like they're going to do. Like math there, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> – the point is that the lot, the raw. I'm not thinking too much of the, the numbers how they're gonna make it work. You know, they'll probably maybe they'll bury somebody. Maybe Lag gets buried. I don't. I don't know if that's how they're gonna make it. I think he's gonna be on the taxi squad personally. And then uh, aside from that, you know, Thomas Hickey's played both defense and forward for for us. I think he'll play defense this year primarily because it'll be him and Sebastian Ajo as the two backup defense defenseman on the team with the number six and seven yeah, seven and eight defensemen i thought that would be the spot they'd have to try and grab as another defenseman but they must feel pretty comfortable there i don't think they have any they have some guys in the nhl that could step in and maybe that's the the thought is they'll just have someone pump up jump up from there during the season if they need it but we'll see um so that's all i got on the on the Opening roster. It's still who knows. We'll see what happens in a couple of days. What is about Winnipeg right now? Why does everybody want out of Winnipeg? You look at you, you see Rosovich come out and say, "I don't want to play with. I don't want to play in the Winnipeg Jets." You see Patrick Line. I want to trade. What is it about Winnipeg? Is it that bad? You, would you want to have a career in in Winnipeg? <laughs> no, no. Which brings me up an interesting. It could just be. It could just be that they're just one of those middle tier teams, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they I never guess. really fight for the for the for the you know to be one of the top four teams in the league, and they consistently make the playoffs. So they're they're not getting a good draft pick to rebuild. They're just one of those middle tier teams, they're like Tampa. Like St. Louis was for the <laughs> longest time. Well, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking of the Tampa Bay Rays, but they actually had a really good year this year. But man, so if if you traded, and I'm just somebody put this out on Twitter, and I I actually it made it actually a lot of sense. You trade Kratzoff, Buchnevich, and Brett Howden for Patrick Line. I mean, who? I mean, I would do it in a second. So you have <laughs> Buchnevich, you have yeah. Buchnevich, Kratzoff, and Brett Howden. So you get two two really up and good coming wings and a really young centerman who could reach two second line potential. So you got three quality nhl players for one and line is what 23 yeah he's still young so he fits, still fits into the rebuild it is, I, I think it's a win-win for both teams really I, right. I, I do too i don't i don't think it's going to happen it, I, it's not going to happen but how it was very interesting how old was thornton how old was thornton when he got traded to uh san jose oh she like this i'm not saying that line is thornton but it's not that different of a situation mm. you're, you're it, it's not it really isn't. I don't know. I just I I thought it was very interesting. And those those type of deals don't happen that often. I mean, so <laughs> so just to just to piggyback on that, a Palmieri, Severson, 
Pavel Zaka trade. Yeah, that's the same. You're getting three quality NHL players. Three NHL players. You know, a really good defenseman, uh, yeah, quote-unquote scoring winger. Does the money work? Because that I don't, that I'd have to look. Palmieri's probably – Palmieri's in that five range. Severson's in the four range, and Zach is probably in the two range. So it's at 11. I know Palmieri is an expiring. Severson signed for a little while, and Zach has probably got three years left. Yeah, well, Line is only making six – Six and six point seven five, and he's restricted. Okay. And he's restricted with arbitration rights at the end of the year. So they're taking on more money, but he's definitely going to cost more next year. Uh, and every year after that, for yeah. sure. Well, Devils might have to take on more more money. So I actually take yeah. after something. I take everything back I said about Kyle Connor. I think he's going to have a great year. <laughs> I think he's going to have a stupendous year there this year, and then bitch and moan that he's in Winnipeg, and eventually get traded. And want to get traded. <laughs> Uh, world juniors. Um, I mean, there's really no surprises in the world juniors this year. We, we knew Canada was going to be a powerhouse. Uh, you team USA started off with a, uh, kind of a clunker, I think in their first game, but a lot of the guys hadn't played in a while. So they needed that first game under their belts and they've, uh, they sure certainly bounced back the past couple of games. I don't think there's been any surprises in any one of these games. It's never a surprise when you see a Rangers defensive prospect, throw a cheap hit in a game, never a surprise. I mean, he led with his shoulders, not his fault. Yeah, he led with his shoulder he... right into the guy's head. Yes, he did. The guy was like four foot ten. You're right. He led Brandon with his shoulder like right into four. his head. Led with his uh, shoulder right into yeah, his head. I, I, Cheap I shot, know. didn't have the puck. No, you're right. What else you know, would you expect? Scott Stevens made a living of that, too. Remember that. Remember that. So dirty. Lindros so had the puck when he got hit. Dirty, filthy, dirty player. Cheap shot. Right. Who you would have taken on your team oh, in a heartbeat. Day of the week. In a heartbeat. Without question about it. No question about it. Just because you lost him in the draft, you don't have to be sore about it. Shakir is going to be a much better player. Kira. For the 76ers, yes. Best point guard in the NHL. <laughs> He's going to be a seven. <laughs> is he, is he like seven feet tall? No, like that's Kevin Ball. He should be seven feet tall. Just to follow up on what you were doing, you, you had mentioned uh, previously, you kind of went through last year's results with the team still in the division. I did the same. The Devils, out of 21 contests that they played against teams that are going to be in their division, went 6-15. and 15. And and most of the wins occurred, you know, in the, in the, the, the second or third time they played against uh, the team. They didn't beat anybody the first time they played them. They were 1-2 and two versus Boston, 0-2 oh versus Buffalo. They lost to Buffalo twice, allowing seven goals in each game. Yeah, Rangers let up seven against Boston, too. Rangers were 9-11. Nine, nine and 11. No, 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 no. Not Boston. Buffalo. They let up seven goals in each game they played against Buffalo. What, they yeah. take them too lightly? I don't know. 0-3 oh versus Pittsburgh, 1-1 one one versus the Islanders, 1-3 versus the Rangers. The last one was a 6-4 victory by the Devils, one of Shashurkin's only losses. No, the um, Devils were no Devils were two and two against the Rangers last year. I got a five-two loss, a four-nothing loss, a six-three loss, and a six-four win. It, it, it could be my eyes got a little screwy. I went to hockeyreference.com. The the first meeting was at New Jersey. They lost five-two. Rangers lost two to five. Oh, then I must have looked at that backwards. So fuck uh, everything I just said. Forget it. I was wrong. No, but okay. So they had one better one better game record. Seven but, and seven and fourteen. Yeah. So. Okay. Rangers were nine and eleven against against the East teams, so it's it actually jives pretty well. I've got them finishing twenty four and thirty two this year, so I'm sure we're going to talk about that and that in the weeks to come. But it's it seems to be kind of right in line with how they performed last year. I agree. Yeah. Pen, Penguins eight and eleven. Okay. Okay. So I mean, everybody's kind of down to earth a little bit, except for I think the Flyers probably 
had the best record against the East teams last year or Boston. Yeah. Isles were 12 and nine in the conference. Nice. And not- notably three and zero against flyers in the regular season. What and were they against the Rangers last year? One and three, two, one and three, one and one three. three against the Rangers. That's right. First time in a while. But look, yeah. every one of those games was, what were the scores? Do you have the scores? Uh, yeah. You can look it up. Uh, but I was just, notably, though, I was going to say we were pretty either even or just, you know, 2-1 and 1-2 one, one and two against pretty much every every team in the East. 2-0 uh, against Sabres. But we also beat the Flyers 4-3 four, four in the playoffs. And it really should have been like 4-1. They probably should have not have let them crawl back into that series. All right. I think each we, team had each but, team. The cap beat the other one pretty good. Rangers, the first game against the Islanders, it was a 6-2 win and then a 3-2 win on the island. It was a 4-2 loss at the Garden and then a 4-3 overtime win on the island. I mean, that that yeah. that over that last, last overtime two, win, yeah. was, that was the advantage at Howitzer. That was, that was an amazing game. But each game, you had, you, know, you had goals scored with under a minute left to go to either win the game or push the game to overtime. And you had over – I mean – Eight games, Rangers Islanders, eight games against Rangers Penguins, eight games against Rangers Devils, Flyers, I'm in. Uh, I Let's go. Drop the puck. I'm ready to rock and roll. Two weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, hey, we got our first day's training camp a couple days. Uh, everybody reports on, on Sunday. Very, very exciting time. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at friends underscore rivals on our YouTube channels, friends and rivals. And uh, we'll see you next week. Billy? Play us out. Oh.